This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Terry's used sword and knife emporium studio here in Washington, D.C. Piss town. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It is Thursday, which means the nominations are open for the garbage can this week. If you're a subscriber over at Patreon, make sure to get your garbage can nominees in right now. We already have a huge amount of them that we'll have to sift through for polling tomorrow, but uh, make sure you get them in before tomorrow morning. So, uh, so you can have your say in the weekly garbage can proceedings. Usually President Trump doesn't register in the garbage can voting despite consistently being the most garbage person in uh, the world, really. But I have a feeling this week he might he might even get thrown in. Maybe. 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 Saw this uh, really inspiring news. Turns out the jail cell video footage from Jeffrey Epstein's first suicide attempt has been destroyed. Oh, great. Here come the, the Jeffrey Epstein suicide conspiracy theorists <laughs> who, who are noting that it wasn't the second one. It was the first attempt. The unsuccessful attempt where the footage was destroyed. Yeah. The second one, of course, there is no footage because the cameras weren't working. So. Oh, again, here we go. Here. here we go with the with the Reddit detectives. <laughs> uh, originally, prosecutors had said that the footage from the first suicide attempt was missing. And then a day later, they said, no, we found it. And now, like a month later, they're saying, no, actually, it was destroyed after all. Did you see the incredibly normal thing that Paul Krugman tweeted yesterday, what by the way? The hell, I did. I did. And to me, that reads exactly like an admission of guilt. Well, OK, so in case you don't know what we're talking about uh, yesterday, Paul Krugman tweeted that New York Times called New York Times call. Everyone knows who Paul Krugman okay. is. Does oh. he need? Does he really need an introduction at this point? <laughs> A lot more audience? people are going to know who he is soon. <laughs> well, he tweeted something about how his computer was hacked and he was getting child pornography mysteriously downloaded on his computer. So that someone was spoofing his IP address yes. to download child pornography. He didn't know about any of this. He just got off the phone with his service provider <laughs> and was informed of this. So I know that this is a thing that people have done to try to frame people and uh, fuck with people. I, I know it's a thing that exists, but I don't think I could put it better than Rob Rousseau, who tweeted yesterday, if I were Paul Krugman, I would simply not tweet this to my 4.5 million followers. Krugman claimed he was being QAnon. <laughs> it's possible he was. Don't tweet that. Do yeah. not tweet that. Just you don't need to let people know. Hey, some good news from the campaign trail, the Sunrise Wait, 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 wait. I just, I, I had to say You're that. not done yet? No, I'm not done yet. Because I had to Google what Krugman said about Epstein and Bill Clinton and shit like that. And it turns out he also said that, uh, that no one believes that Epstein was killed. So at least he has that going for him. Okay, that is good. As I was saying, the Sunrise Movement, the group of young climate activists, has endorsed Bernie Sanders. Good choice. Bernie Sanders, the only 
person in the Democratic race who really takes climate change seriously based on what they've proposed. So naturally, the Sunrise Movement should have endorsed him. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'm sure we this is not something we've really talked about on the show, but I'm sure you have seen the footage of the wildfires raging in Australia right now. And if that doesn't convince you that we basically need to stop every fucking thing we're doing and try to deal with climate change, what else will it take? All right. It's Thursday, January 9th, 2019. Here's the news. President Trump is getting back to gutting environmental safety rules, or at least trying to. Today, he unveiled an initiative to revise regulations under the National Environmental Policy Act, or NEPA. The president said today his proposal was aimed at speeding up approval time of construction projects. The environmental group Earth Justice denounced the proposal by noting that regulations under NEPA give local communities the right to, quote, protect themselves from dangerous, rushed or poorly planned federal projects by mandating environmental impact statements and allowing for public comment and review, end of quote. So congrats to liberal Yimbies on having an ally in the White House. After unveiling these new proposed rules, President Trump took questions from the press, immediately raising everyone's blood pressure with the thought of a war with Iran still on everybody's mind. The president offered this less than reassuring answer about the authority of Congress in matters of war and peace. Congress to take further military action against Iran? Would you seek congressional approval? It would all depend on the circumstance. I don't have to, and you shouldn't have to be able, because you have to make split-second decisions sometimes. Sometimes you have to move very, very quickly, John. But in certain cases, I wouldn't even mind doing it. You know what, I, what bothers me? When I see a Nancy Pelosi trying to defend this monster from Iran, Well, if you hear that and think the president isn't trying to start a war for his own political gain, I really don't know what can help you at this point. I don't. You're genuinely a danger to people. Later in the briefing, Trump speculated that Iran might be holding off because of the 2020 election. Notice who he doesn't mock. Maybe they want to wait till after the election and negotiate with a weak Democrat, somebody like a Biden or a Pocahontas or... Buttigieg, or one of these characters. Okay, maybe they want to wait. Bernie ignored by the president like he was a CNN headline about Elizabeth Warren being in third place. <laughs> notice, uh, notice that Trump also mispronounced Pete Buttigieg's last name. <laughs> he certainly did. And, of course, uh, the president also making that racist joke about Elizabeth Warren, who also has a kind of a racist past. But anyway... <laughs> Finally, let's end this on a high note. Here's President Trump accidentally praising Venezuela under Hugo Chavez. It was a wealthy country 15 years ago, 20 years ago. That was like a really wealthy country. Indeed, Hugo Chavez did reduce poverty, Mr. President. Yeah, 15 years ago. That is right in the middle. <laughs> that is that is it. 2005, that was uh, six years into Chavez's uh, presidency. So, boom. Owned by logic. Regardless of what President Trump said today, House Democrats are moving forward with passing a war powers resolution aimed at restricting the White House's actions against Iran. Debate on the resolution is underway right now as we are recording the show. A vote is expected later this afternoon after we are done recording the show, as this usually works out like this. Um, 
The bill is likely to pass primarily along party lines. The Republican strategy during this afternoon's debate was to urge members to vote down the War Powers Resolution and instead to pass a resolution championed by Dan Crenshaw that claims Soleimani was a terrorist and the troops and intelligence officials who killed him deserve a giant thank you. Here were dipshits Dan Crenshaw and Republican Adam Kinzinger talking about their resolution. So instead of applauding these actions that restored American deterrence, delivered justice to hundreds mm. of dead American soldiers and their families, and severely weakened the terrorist organization IRGC Cuds Force, my colleagues wring their hands and express regret and disappointment. Instead of applauding the men and women of our military standing in harm's way, instead of recognizing the tireless vigilance of our intelligence community, Instead of acknowledging those, Dan, why can't you see that this is not the truth? Threat network directly. My colleagues in this Congress seek to undermine. Where's Mr. Texas tough guy's Texas accent? Since I was one of those service Sounds members like a, for so many a years. Sounds like a tough frat boy. Crenshaw, yeah. yeah. Crenshaw was a service member. Didn't know. <laughs> so that we can give you an opportunity and pass this resolution, appreciating the men and women of the intelligence and the military. That's the least we can do after this debate on the floor. So a, a few days ago, Crenshaw was talking about when everything started with the U.S. and Iran, and he said something like, it didn't start with President Trump. It actually started in 1979. <laughs> oh, Congressman, why can't you see that it started in 1953? Mm. <laughs> now, a big question is what happens after the House passes its War Powers Resolution. A similar bill introduced by Senator Tim Kaine doesn't have nearly as optimistic a chance of passage in the Republican-controlled upper chamber, though it did receive a boost after the administration bungled a briefing with senators on the Soleimani strike on Wednesday. After that briefing, Senators Rand Paul and Mike Lee, both Republicans, told reporters that it was the worst closed-door military briefing they've received in the nine years in the Senate. Both senators said they are now supporting Kane's War Powers Resolution. Unfortunately, in an effort to get even more Republicans on board, Tim Kaine told reporters on Thursday that he's making changes to his bill to lure people like Susan Collins to sign on. House Democrats chose to use a concurrent resolution instead of a joint resolution to pass the War Powers Bill. In doing so, they can block Republicans in the House from offering a poison pill motion to recommit that could essentially kill the resolution's chances in the Senate. Concurrent resolutions, however, don't require a signature from the president and thus aren't considered to be binding. Of course, if a War Powers Resolution aimed at restricting presidential powers needs the president to sign it, that seems like a pretty big fucking weakness in congressional oversight powers. Checks and balances, man. We got checks. Our system works because we got the checks and then we've got the balances keeping the checks in place. During a press briefing on Thursday, Pelosi argued that the resolution, even if it doesn't need to be signed by the president, is still binding. This is with real teeth. Uh, if, if you are familiar with the War Powers Act, and I'll get you the text. The War Powers Act enables two approaches to go forward. One is a concurrent resolution, and it gives the procedure for that, which we will be following. We're taking this path because it does not require a statement by the uh, a signature of the President of the United States. 
This is a statement of the Congress of the United States, and I will not have that statement be diminished by whether the president will veto it or not. House Democrats' War Powers Resolution was introduced by Rep. Alyssa Slotkin, a former CIA analyst and self-described expert on Shiite militias. The Democratic Party, they're just teeming with these people. Death Squad. Look, I don't doubt that passing a non-binding resolution makes the president look weaker. The commander-in-chief, it makes him look weaker and it matters. But let's not pretend there are any checks and balances here. We're getting some public opinion polling about the Soleimani assassination. USA Today and Ipsos conducted an online survey of 1,000 adults. The results are mostly good, but it is mixed. First, the bad news. A plurality of Americans, 42%, said they supported the illegal assassination. The majority, 53%, argued that, quote, it shows the U.S. won't be pushed around. Nation of Michael Bay baby brains, folks. Yeah, this is probably one of those landline polls. Yeah. Despite the support, people do at least seem to recognize that this is leading us down a dark path. Only 24%, only 24 said Trump's actions make us somewhat or much more safe. 55% of people said they feel less safe. 62% said war with Iran is now more likely. And presumably most of those people think that's a bad thing. Although with this bullshit country, you can never really be too sure. Anyway, consistent with the findings about feeling less safe, a clear majority of people agreed that President Trump was being reckless, 52% to 43%. Also, 47% of people believe Trump killed Soleimani to distract from his impeachment, while only 39% of people disagreed. As for congressional approval for war, the public wants oversight by 20 points, 53 to 33%. Public mood is dead set against the Republican Party leading us to war. So do not, do not under any circumstances believe what you're inevitably going to hear about changing a horse midstream. Bullshit. According to Gallup, George W. Bush had a 71% approval rating at the start of the war. It was almost 60% before the war. We're just not in the same kind of situation. This president is deeply unpopular. Finally, the Federal Trade Commission is examining the issue of non-compete clauses in the workplace and considering making new rules to crack down on the practice. On Friday, the commission will convene a public workshop to explore the issue and determine the legal and economic impacts of non-compete clauses and, quote, consider the potential harms to workers that can and should be addressed through the FTC's rulemaking, law enforcement, or advocacy authority. The FTC is currently asking for public comment on a host of questions, including just how routinely employers enforce non-compete clauses, the insufficiencies of state law to mitigate the harms caused by these clauses, and whether or not these clauses amount to unfair competition or deceptive practices. The FTC says that tomorrow's proceedings will feature testimony from legal scholars, economists, and policy experts. All right, that concludes the newscast and... While all of that is going on at the FTC tomorrow, we'll be here throwing someone in the garbage can. So make sure you don't miss it and become a subscriber today over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month. I think uh, our listeners deserve this little story real quick, but the number for the rant line used to be on our Twitter account. 
And uh, then I think some alt-right person pranked us and said that po- posted our number on like a for free Craigslist ad. Yeah. Like we were giving away a PS4 or something. And so we got, <laughs> we got, got all these calls where it's like, oh, hey, just call it about the PS4. <laughs> and uh, so we just wanted to do a little extra layer of security and took it off the Twitter. <laughs> but please do call 202-684-6108. Not if you're alt-right, though. We will absolutely not play your message. We are back tomorrow for subscribers, back Monday with a brand new newscast for everyone else. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.